football players don't get paid to be smart. They get paid to hit heads, so. That's true. All right, Steven, come on. I think if we were like creating an ad for like hobo brand snuff, like that would be a great. <laughs> no, music. I haven't played for a while. I'm there for like, you know. Steve, how do I lift this chair? This is it. That, that's, oh, no, here, let me see. I don't know. Tom, you know how this works? Let me move this thing. Is it going up? Maybe. Let's see if that's up. No. Oh, well. All right. You want this chair? Is the sound good? Yeah, because I need to get over my computer. Okay. So you, but well, that then, won't fit. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to. Maybe I can put a cushion down. Yeah, yeah. Hurry. Right. What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. What do you need this like up? Can you put this down? No, because I record on here. I don't know. I've never done it close. Okay. I don't know. Right. I mean, I can like kind of put it I like think that. You're higher. I am a little bit higher. All yeah. right, sit down. Everybody, nice, and comfortable. Okay. We ready? You mm -hmm. were ready. We. I already started a while ago, but. Okay. I I, I didn't put in your thing. Well, you're the uh. Host. The host. Okay. All right. So this is episode four. Phones off. Okay, starting again. Right. This is episode four of Uncorrect New York. I'm Kelly Mena. I'm Stephen Witt. And I'm Tom Rosati. Awesome. Okay, so we have Tom Rosati back this week. Me and Steve had a good old time last week. Um, we're going to talk about a couple things going on in New York and some things going on in the news that are, are interesting to us. To start, we're going to start with the Child's Victim Act, which was recently passed in New York State. Maybe Steve can tell us more about that. Um, it's going to change the playing field when it comes to uh, litigation and getting some of these child predators in jail. This was an act that uh, it's been going on like 15 or 20 years. They've been trying and trying and trying to um, up the, the civil litigation age. And I believe they upped it to 55. I'm not sure. Maybe you know, Tom. Uh, it sound, that sounds right. I mean, I looked where, at it, but where, where you can where you can actually sue um, the Catholic Church. The people that really put up a fight against it was the Catholic Church and some Jewish yeshivas, because there, you know, there's been um, a lot of instances within the church of people saying that they were abused by priests or something. Oh, no, specifically sexually abused. Right. Let's let's cuz there's okay. different forms but of abuse. But one good thing they did is they added in the legislation public schools as well. Right. Like for a long time at the beginning they were just like in private schools. But now if you had a gym teacher if you went to Midwood High School, I'm not saying Midwood High School had that problem. Mm -hmm. But if you had like a gym teacher or somebody um I wrestled in high school, we had a wrestling coach. I wonder if I could bring a suit. Yeah. 
Who, who actually... I think you're too old. I, he's probably dead in the grave by now. I would love to see that guy. That guy was an asshole. And he, it wasn't just me. There was like a bunch of kids. That, you know, Wait, he abused you? He would come on and there was... A, he, there When I first started, the, I wrestled four years. The first two years, I'm from Chicago. We had a coach from like Indiana. He was like a Big Ten champ. Good guy. We'd have like 90 guys out. He was from Cowpoke, Indiana, Hillbilly, right? Southern mm -hmm. Indiana. And he would make us run and lift. We'd have all these kids out. Within two weeks, there'd be 10 kids left because you'd have to work out. But he was a righteous guy. But they fired him after two years because he didn't have a lot of people. We literally have 10 kids from freshmen to seniors on the team. So we brought in this guy, Riccardi, from another, um, what was his name? Riccardi, I won't say his name because he was a molester. And he got like 120 kids out and he put posters around the school. And he was a literally a touchy-feely kind of guy. But know? like, what, where did he touch you? And you, you? knew that some of the guys liked it you know there was guys on the team his how boys. could you yeah. say that how could you well, tell that yeah, somebody was really no, enjoying being touched by the old guy yeah, oh he has a that. smile on his face he All must right. really well, like you know, it i don't want to digress but the, the <laughs> i don't want to be wrong yeah. no, no i don't want to no, be wrong they, they did the child victims act and um you know i think Wait, i want to hear the rest of the story yeah yeah though. so yeah how did he touch so you where did he touch? what what did he do he with me specifically right Mm -hmm. I was going for scholarship at the time. I, you know, I was a so-so wrestler, you know, but I was decent. And I had a chance for a scholarship at Eastern Illinois University, as you know, we're from Chicago. And I went overnight with them to... To see you too. To, yeah, to meet this coach, right? Mm -hmm. To For a possible ride, you know, a scholarship ride, right? And uh, he's, he insisted we stop in Champaign-Urbana, which is the University of Illinois. I'm like... Why do we have to stop? We just drive there and drive back. And he got like a hotel room with a single bed. And in the middle of the night, he tried touching me. And I like jumped up. I'm like, we got to leave right now or I'm going to hitchhike home. I, and I didn't even, you know, I was young. Did he try to grab your what butt? Was. Like what? He tried to touch my dick, my, my frontal. Wow. Mm. And he got up. Oh, I didn't mean it that way. But another time, I, he lived in a trailer park. I went there. He put on a porn film, which at that time, at that age, it wasn't before the internet. I'd never seen a porn film, ever. Right. You know? That's crazy. And and then there was the captain of the team, a couple of us kind of got together and were going, these guys, you know? This guy's and That's what I said. He had a couple guys, kids on the team that really liked him. But there was a couple of The captain, who Gary was a really good guy real righteous guy, you know? And he's like, look, we just got to try to wrestle and really be a good team and just like stay away from this guy, you know? What happened to him? Um, I think he eventually got fired. He stayed there for a number of years though. But, <laughs> you know, eventually I think his shit caught up with him. Right, right. Yeah. I had a weird teacher in uh, high school, no, middle school, but then I ended up transferring out of his class because he was giving me too, too much attention in class what and that freaked doing? me out. He was just like, he would give me like single attention. Be like, oh, Kelly, that was really good. This was really nice. And then it was just weird. And then I was like, this is getting weird. I'm just going to transfer out of this class because I don't know what could happen. I'd rather just cut what it out. Weird. Was it? I don't even remember. I think it was like a technology course. I don't even remember. I was, I was only in it for like three weeks because I got freaked out. 
So, Tom, what's your story? You ever have anybody? Yeah, any No. Um, <laughs> wasn't good looking enough. I know. Uh, it's too well, buried in a press. <laughs> one, a friend of mine told me, he actually also grew up in Chicago, and he was telling me a story. In retrospect, he had a gym teacher. He had a swimming coach who, at the time, he didn't realize this, how insane it was, but at the time, he would have, they'd, like, go to early morning. Like, it was, it was the same sort of situation where, yeah. like, it was a very small, tight-knit team, and, like, they did all these things together. And they would do these morning swimming practices in the nude. No. Yeah. And he, and, and my friend was like, thinking back on that, that's kind of inappropriate. Like, why? what was the reason for this? And everyone just did it. You know, this is Wait, like this. It was girls and guys. No, together. guys. Just guys. Just naked at 6 a.m. Yes. Going for it. The whole, I think the whole team. Yeah. Just swimming naked. Yeah. And at the, like, he's like, at the time, it, Nobody questioned it, but now looking back, I'm like, this is problematic. And <laughs> yeah, I think he, I think there were more, there might have been more things, but right. I mean, I guess the only point is like, it happens, you know, like regularly. I mean, I know, I know of teachers in my school, I never had any issues, but I know teachers who were fired for inappropriate conduct. I know a teacher, my history, my history teacher was uh ran off with a student <gasps> really yeah and they like got married and had kids yeah and they moved to like oregon or something and how old was she or he i mean he was in his late 40s and a, or maybe early 50s and she was like 17. oh my really? gosh that kind of happened at my high school um one of the like math teachers there he was like in his early 40s i never had him he ended up having like something with one of his students and the girl like fell in love with him. And then he was like, we're going to run away. And somebody saw the text and told the principal and he ended up like fleeing and they're going to find him and all this stuff. And he was my sister's teacher, but she said he wasn't weird, but he never, she never knew the girl that he was like accused of like being with. Well, in, in uh, defense of the Catholic church and some yeshivas and stuff, should, if there's a bad priest or a bad rabbi and that rabbi or priest is gone, maybe dead, right? Why should a student now in their fifties and they, you know, they, they became alcoholics, they had all kinds of problems because they were abused as a kid or whatnot. Why should they be able to, to sue the church? You know, I mean, well, well, because neglect, you should have been watching over them. But I mean, I think, I think it's been demonstrated. There's been a consistent pattern of covering up these sorts of crimes. Like if it's, you know, like it's like one of those things where, if one, if it happens once, right, then there maybe there's some leeway for the organization. It's, it, it is, it, it, you know, it is hard to sort of ferret this out, especially when you have children who don't know what's going on. Like, you know, like even with, with your experience, you knew that it was bad, but you didn't have the wherewithal to right. alert the authorities. I mean, it's very challenging for a 12, 13, 14 year old kid to have that, you know, to sort of like figure this all out and then decide to take the right action. So, you know, yeah, I mean, there is something to be said that okay, yeah, it's very hard. But when it's when it's endemic, when it happens over and over and over again, you have to think that there is major culpability on the on the organization, and that they know exactly what's going on. They know they know the risks, they know the problems, and they should be looking out for this. You know, and they're not; they're protecting their own. So, I mean, I think I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's it's. 
I mean, they have to be held accountable, right? Like they. So the whole church, so the church could literally lose billions of dollars on. This. They already have been. I mean, they've been selling their properties, their assets. I mean, the Catholic Church has, has, I think, already spent billions of dollars settling lawsuits. Right. I mean, and that's the other thing. It's usually by the time somebody sounds the alarm, everybody else is kind of noticing that something's kind of off about right. it. So, like, even if they're not they're not hiding it, the fact that you're not saying anything, you're just as complacent as well, the people that the hide it. Well, then a class action suit. Like, if I know, if say I'm a Catholic guy and I'm in a, the choir boy, whatever they call it, to light the candles, Altar boys. Altar boy. Yeah, here's a Jew, but I knew that, you know, they got altar boys and whatnot, right? And I knew a preacher, a, 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 what do they call him? Pastor? A pa or a priest? No, what, priest. Priest, that was the word, right? Like, we had a little affair with a couple boys or abused affair. them. Affair. Affair is no, two right. consenting people. All right, okay. It, molested. It molested a couple kids. And I was one of the altar boys, but he never molested me. If it was a class action shoot, suit, and I'm like in my 40s or 50s, I'm like, hey, I'm jumping on this too. I think that says more about you than <laughs> yeah. the, 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 class the general yeah. problems in this legislation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe there are people who are like, I'm going to. Well, I'm not right. No, you just said you would. All right, well, okay. <laughs> you just said, you know what? And that's I'm coming gonna... from someone who actually had. An incident. I mean, come right, on, man. Yeah, like, yeah. would yeah. you really, would you really endure that for what? For you know, and and then and then know that your friends got molested. Yeah, and you got to give a definition. Yeah, it, exactly. It was, in retrospect, it was really painful, and I yeah. really feel that Riccardi, it, wherever he is, made a rotten hell. It was <laughs> it was a horrible thing, and I remember feeling horrible. Well, and I was gonna say, as a kid, you are conflicted even in normal situations. Even like somebody who has divorced parents, you anything that happens, you're like, am I? It's not more of like, do I know to do something? But it, if it's bad, it's like, do I feel like I'm going against an adult? And you're taught that adult figures have the final word and they're right. So it's kind of like you feel conflicted. Will somebody believe me in anything like that? So, right. all right. Well, moving on. This week, me and Steve reported on a possible shooting connected to NYCHA jobs, construction jobs. Uh, got a really good source there. Interesting story. We actually reported about this NYCHA kickback schema last year, but now there's a shooting involved. Steve, tell us what's up. It's really hard to, this was a very hard story to report on, as I'm sure you know, Kelly, because the, we had several sources on it. And NYCHA got several billion dollars, pretty much handed a blank check from Superstorm Standy. It was like when you look at the old press release, it was like it never even happened. Usually FEMA, would, uh, the Federal Emergency Management Authority Agency, would have more oversight. But in this particular case, Obama was president. They pretty much gave the city, through Chuck Schumer, a blank check of two or three billion dollars. And then the mayor who had kind of givebacks to unions and whatnot, he said, well, any work that's going to be done on Superstorm Standy has to be done at prevailing wage, which is all fine. But then there's something that if you work on a NYCHA building, there's a, a little subsection that it has to have some workers from NYCHA, low-income workers. So now you low-income workers that were getting jobs at fast food places, now they're getting like $40, $50, $60 an hour, and Coney Island being what it is, 
the western part of Coney Island is like nine or 11 NYCHA developments. Now you had an opportunity between contractors and people that were placing these people on jobs to kind of like milk the cow, you know, on both ends. So it, what we reported on absolutely calls for investigation. Now we started the ball rolling and we had sources saying NYCHA wouldn't comment, you know, HUD wouldn't comment. We had some people going, there was an investigation going. We had street people. We had accusations that tenant presidents that were supposed to be putting these people into jobs were taking kickbacks. We had one source saying, hey, every week I met a guy on the street and was giving him 100 or 150 bucks, you know. To keep my job, yeah. To keep my job. You know, it's like, you know, my little gift. There's something called, uh, what was it called? The coalition. The coalition. So there's all this nefarious stuff. We did three stories on it, Kelly. And I think you wanted to continue. And I was a little worried because no one else picked up on the story. Right. Not the Times, not nobody. Well, at best, it's sketchy. At worst, you can, I mean, you don't know if there's going to be another shooting. So it's just like, not to say that the shooting is necessarily tied there, but there are definitely some stuff going on at the Coney Island house and all that public housing, all the construction jobs. There's some serious issues there. Can we describe the shooting? So basically, from what I read, the person who was killed was intervening in a fight between someone who had driven up to the construction site. Right, exactly. Supposedly, there was a fight. And now I did other reporting, and I'm still not sure. It's unclear whether they worked on the NYCHA site or across the street, which is the NYCHA site's the Gravesend houses, and across the street is uh, Bayside or another housing Mm -hmm. And I spoke to the tenant association president who these people, when you interview people that are there, they're interesting people to say the least, because they give you mixed messages. Like on one hand, they'll go, there's all this stuff going constructions. There's kickbacks. We've been trying to call for investigation for the longest time, but my development's perfect. We've got perfect. (laughs) So they give you that kind of story. Um, there is a question, I spoke to another source yesterday, we'll come out with a story today, that the jo- the woman that was killed, the grandmother, the 53-year-old grandmother, mm-hmm. was from Crown Heights. And a lot of the workers that are bringing in are from Brownsville, Crown Heights, Bed-Stuy. And there is some animosity from the low-income people from Coney Island saying, hey, we should get these jobs. We live in these developments. We're living, why are they bringing in... Busting out- in people, right. yeah, from outside. So... You know, besides the whole kickback scheme, there's there's some real issues about jobs and people need jobs. And evidently, that's what this fight was over. Right. And she basically tried to break it up. And then the guy who started because it was some guy who got out of an SUV, started arguing with the other guy and they were both construction workers. That part is true. And I guess he got heated with the argument and pulled out a gun. And that's when she got shot in the torso. And I guess he made it kind of farther away because he got shot in the leg. And the earlier stories we did last year talked he, about like a white Mercedes and SUV yes. and, you know, collecting money. And the, the other part is, you know, everybody. Was the guy captured? No. no that's the other large. thing. Everybody. So that guy who was who got shot and is survived clearly saw the man's face, you know. So when you start prying, you're like, do you know who shot? I don't know. I didn't see him. I was running, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, I don't. But then at the same time, they just had like a protest or a rally yesterday that it was wrong that this woman got shot. But you were there. You could give 
the guy came up to you and confronted you. In broad daylight. Exactly. It was like 11.42 a.m. Before noon. So for you to even be like, I don't know what it was. I don't know what the car looked like. I didn't look, you know. And we do have another source that said cops are looking in had to do with jobs and construction yeah jobs. right so whether was it a NYCHA kickback or something else with but there's a construction job issue down there well i mean in the context of construction in new york city unfortunately this is nothing new right right like the it used to be the mafia i mean this used to be one of their bread and butter businesses they would get kickbacks from the union the same exact thing it was called the two percent club and basically for any so they would we work with union bosses they would get, you know, they would rig. If you wanted to get a job, they could rig it for you, and you had to pay the bosses two percent of the job. Right. Every so, week. Uh, well, if it was a five million dollar job. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. You have to pay them two percent, which is what hundred thousand dollars. No, that math is too big for me to well, do. Five million, five hundred thousand <laughs> is ten percent. That's I told you. hundred thousand dollars. Right. That's insane. It's not bad. That's that's yeah. you know any contractor nothing. would do that to mm-hmm. get a five thousand five million dollar bid from the city. Right. And what's interesting, the, the NYCHA thing, you, we we had a spreadsheet. Matter of fact, Tom, you actually helped us with this story. Right. There was people getting like $35, 40000000 million dollar yes. contracts for like rewiring. <laughs> right. Or and to it put- work still not done. Right. Six years later. Yeah. Well, that I mean that that. That alone is like you need to. Well, that speaks to endemic mismanagement by NYCHA. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I mean, adding a, it's like, well, I mean, literally adding a criminal element to it, you know, complicates it, but it doesn't, right. it doesn't even if you didn't have that, it would be outrageous. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, organized crime has been all over this sort of bid, you know, contracting and bidding out because they see an opportunity to, to fix it in their favor and they, they extract a cost. Right. Um, this is a lower level version of that, a very lower level version of mm. that. And it kind of, kind of makes sense with the reason that things don't work at NYCHA. Things are always breaking down, you know, because it's probably like they only put in a couple million and keep the rest for themselves, you know? So it's probably like, Oh, the, he and all these problems are probably because they, they, if they get a $5 million contract, they probably only use 2 million of it to actually go into the building and take the other 3 million and pocket it. It, it, you know, as a KCP, we do a good job in investigative stories. Uh-huh. I have to toot our own horn, and this really needs to be for I would really be happy to see other media outlets pick up on it. Mm-hmm. I think the feds have to, you know, especially now people are getting killed. Right. Now they, it's they like They need serious. to get someone in there really heavily duty. I don't care if it's the feds or special NYPD. Bring There's out, yeah. a real problem there. I mean, and the fact that this woman got killed in broad daylight, you know, it wasn't like, and the guy came looking for the problem. It was, and the thing was, they did pick up on it. The other sites and other media outlets picked up on it, but they said that two bystanders got shot. Right. They never even talked about the guy got out to confront. It wasn't a dispute. Nothing was said about it was a dispute. They were construct. They said they were NYCHA construction workers, but you wouldn't have even known that there was even a connection between them because they made it seem like the guy sprayed bullets yeah, in the yeah. street and caught two people by accident. Right, right. That's Where the I'm... truth is that guy sprayed right in front of them, and that's why the lady died. It wasn't yeah. like he was across the street trying to shoot somebody else. And the other part that they kept on saying was it was a random shooting, random shooting. 
Right. And it wasn't a random shooting. Who's it was a target. No, all the other media outlets oh. kept on saying that it was a random shooting, random shooting, and that the two people that got shot were by accident because they were across the street. Right. But the truth is, it was targeted because the guy took out his gun in the middle of an argument. Right. So, yeah, and even the cops said it, it, it does appear like we have sources that it's related to some kind of construction. Job. Yeah, right. and that it wasn't random at all. So they did pick it up, but the how they ran the story was the total opposite of what actually happened there. It, it's of all the stories we've reported on, Kelly. It's mystifying to me why no other outlets are picking up on it to this day. I think that's why we killed it last year. Because I got worried, like when we did the third party transfer story, the other media outlets immediately picked up on it, you know, and they were like, and they mentioned us and said, as reported. And in this one, there was no as report. It's like, we wrote these stories and they just, you know, we tweeted silence. them in Facebook and the silence kind of took me off the story. Well, I think, well, it's also somebody's gotten killed. You know, how many more people might die? As you know, it's kind of scary to pick up any story where there could be some something going on and you don't know who it is. You know, you don't know how many people are involved. For all we know, there could be a, a higher up executive involved at NYCHA. So how do you pursue the story now? Well, we got a follow-up today. There was a protest and I interviewed the NYCHA president. I'm going to Put in what we have. We'll, we'll, I'll work with Kelly and we're going to have what we have, but it's going to be one of these stories. And this is something I have with media. Sometimes you write a story, you have loose ends. So the question is, do I not write the story because I have all these loose ends? Or do you write the story and put out the loose ends and just say, well, this is what we have found. You know, like when we did the TPT, I actually did a story called Loose Ends and, and Loose right. Threads because as a journalist, I think sometimes it, it doesn't have to be complete. You know, you just have to kind of get out what you have and hope other people pick up on it. Right. And mm -hmm. say, oh, well, actually, you know, I talked to some guy here and sort of help sort of like collaboratively source more right. information. Right. Right. All right. Well, look for we'll look yeah. out for that story, that update. Uh, moving on this past week, it was a huge deal here. The Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn was without heat and hot water. All those, I guess, detention center inmates, because they're not, they haven't been charged technically with anything, some of them yet. Um, and it was a huge deal. And they, it was because there was a, they had to knock out the power because there was a fire yes. initially. And so they, that's why they got left with heat and hot water for a couple of days. But come to find out, NYCHA residents, there was more night, almost 7,000 NYCHA residents without heat or hot water for the same time period. So that was kind of interesting. I, I have never been to the MDC center, so. Oh, I was an inmate for 20 years. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. But I've been to Industry City, which is close. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it was interesting to. I think the coffee's worse at the Metropolitan Detention Center. <laughs> what, what do you think of that, Tom? I'm yeah, curious. tell us. Yeah, I want to know. I mean, I don't know what, like, it's, it's, it's shitty. I mean, you know, I, I, people going without heat anywhere. Um, I think what's good about what happened this week is that, you know, my guess is that the conditions at the Metropolitan Detention Center have been horrible ever since it was created. And I have proof of that because oh. it's on Yelp. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, people actually people reviewed, reviewed the Metropolitan <laughs> Detention Center on Yelp. What were some of these reviews? Yeah, well, yeah, we got to hear this. So, overall, it unsurprisingly gets two out of five stars. So <laughs> it's not a wow, good start. Wow, surprise! It's not right. zero out of five. Yeah. Go well, on, go on. I got to hear this. Um, jail. I'll just read some of the sort of okay. quotes. A rat-infested trash dump filled with terrorists and mobsters. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, although, this is, this, actually, this came from someone who gave it three out of five stars, which is the highest mm. rating. Although there was only a stabbing in my pod once, I felt rather safe and secure. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh... If you all right, so if you don't know the guards, you are only, you are the one getting busted for one too many blankets. <laughs> At mail call, the cops get jealous of the mail that you get, and it goes missing. Uh, it's so cold in here. Okay. <laughs> this is someone who gave it a one star and started the review with, "Can I do negative stars for this one?" <laughs> um, somebody also complained that. Uh, getting here by train was the worst part. Taking the R to 25th Street took forever. <laughs> and that I could sympathize with. Because, oh, yeah. Um, somebody's complaining about the price of the vending machines. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, I, uh, somebody said that the, all the law, enforces, law enforcers are criminals and rapists. Um, Sounds like Trump. Anyway, I mean, aside from that, I mean, I, I do think it's funny that it's on Yelp and that people have actually spent and people who have spent time in here made reviews. Wow. And one of them was like, if you get locked up, try to get put to a different prison. Like I can't remember which one it was, but I wonder if they do uh, Yelp Rikers reviews. They may. That would be intense. We have to, that should be, we do that. (laughs) But I think, I think it's good that people are taking notice of this and calling issue to it because you know, our, our prison system is, I mean, I'm not to say that this is not is new, but like the fact that <laughs> politicians are actually spending time, like demanding humane conditions for prisoners is good. And what, regardless of whether, you know, like obviously the NYCHA stuff is also horrible, but you know, it reminds me, you know, you guys were talking about Joe Hines last episode oh, yeah. and talking about sort of this, you know, systemic uh, problem of, you know, locking people up who didn't commit crimes. I mean, all like ev- all of these issues were n- like normal for so long until people really started, you know, realizing that this is such a fucked up, you know, way to operate a criminal justice system. And so I think it's just part of us continuing to reevaluate, uh, reevaluate how we treat incarcerated people, how we treat the, you know, the people with the least in our society and say, you know what, if you live in NYCHA, this is, you know, like nobody cared when, you know, we were growing up in New York. Everyone's like, oh, those are the projects. Nobody cares. Right. right? It's the, oh, of course it's the project. Of course the elevators don't work. And you have to walk up 20 flights of stairs. Right. Of course the heat knocks out. And the stairwell smells like piss. Yeah. And of right. course you're going to get robbed. Of course, you know, like, like that was just the way things were. Right. And so all of these reforms really show, I think, at least in the part of New Yorkers, this idea that we are a complete society and, and that even if you live in public housing, if you're incarcerated, you know, if, um, you know, no matter what you need, you know, you, you, you deserve basic human rights. So, I mean, 
that's my that's my take on it. Well, I love right. the reviews. Wow, yeah, that was very surprising. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, that was really. Cool. I mean, and now they have the heat and hot water, and in fact, they just introduced legislation to raise the minimum wage for inmates well, to three dollars. Oh yeah, El Chapo. Place. They have him he's there. He's the guy there. I mean, he's in the MDC. Yeah, it's a he's his court trial series. They face in a federal court. He's yeah. got to be in the MDC. Right. So I'm wondering if he would write a Yelp review or something. I mean, here's a guy that like. He's not accustomed to cold weather. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. He's from heat. So I bet he was the bang in the hardest. I feel like he has other things to worry about. Yeah. Well, his wife just folded on him a couple of weeks ago. So I'm sure he's not happy about that. All right. Well, I mean, so, you know, you guys wrote an article. What was the article that you wrote about? Him? Well, I kind of I kind of compared to NYCHA only because. I'm I'm a weird reporter in that uh, there are certain stories. Weird reporter, no yeah. weird person, individual. He's just quirky, no matter what. Yeah. Report. He shouldn't even put reporter. Should be I'm weird. Yeah. Period. No, and I I there's always stories that yeah, I call it uh, herd mentality stories, right? There's always certain type of stories where journalists flock to, and it's sort of like a cover your ass if you don't cover it. It's it's a glaring missing because everybody and their brother and mother is covering it. Got the missed in Brooklyn or in, you know, Curved and the Times and the Daily News. And, you know, it's like this mass protest. And I tend to shy away from those stories because it's like I'm not a herd mentality kind of guy. Nope. I mean, at, uh, all. <laughs> at all. You're an outlier. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I figured let me get a different angle. So I called up Nitro. And I'm like, over the weekend, this protest, how many NYCHA developments were without heat and hot water? You know, because they're bloom, you know, uh, de Blasio sent blankets and hand warmers and generators, and, you know, to the prison. And he's like, I don't care if the feds don't like it. We're going to do this. And I'm like, did de Blasio send any hand warmer? You know, there was 7,000 NYCHA residents, including little kids, without heat and hot water. Right. I, you know, I didn't. So that was the angle we took. So basically, it's like, well, you know, when it's your fault, you're not doing anything. You know, like, right. you know, right. like you're responsible for all these people who have no heat or hot water, and right. you're just sort of getting on the bandwagon and going along. And, right. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of, I was going to say, pointed out something that is so true about politicians in New York City and New York State, and any politicians in a big city is like, they all will take their moment to politicize anything. But then you call out something else and they're just like, oh, yeah, and that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We forgot about that. Well, I mean, like, in their defense, like people have been talking about NYCHA for a long time. I right. mean, it's not like, NYCHA, you know. You know right, well, right. Let me ask you this. If Obama was president, do you think all those Democrats would be out there protesting the MED? Yes. MDC. What do you MDC. mean? What, I don't understand your angle. Why part of the protest is because Trump is president. No. It's a Republican administration. No, no, no. I think, no. It's, I think, I think it's, it was a human. It was just a, like, this is wrong. We need to get this. Fix. No, okay, I don't think I don't prisoners think. banging on the windows, literally like, and yelling. Animals, and, yeah, like, did you all see the, the videos? Movies it was that. really. <laughs> <laughs> they bang their cans on the bars. That's like, different. That's like to pass the time. <laughs> oh not, I'm gosh. freezing to death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right, we're gonna move on. Is leaving New York City. We have some interesting stories. Twenty One Savage was. Uh, Detained by ICE officials this week or uh, earlier last week. Apparently, after all this time, he actually came here when he was like seven or under the age of 10 from England and is not an American citizen. Lo and behold, plot twist of 20, uh, 2019, the first one. What do you think, Tom? 
Well, I mean, speaking of bandwagon stories, right? Like this is this is a this is a herd mentality story. I mean, I was driving uh, back home yesterday, and, and NPR was doing now was doing a review of a of a of a Twenty One Savage song. You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. So the first thing I want to say is, I think this is great for his career, right? Right. <laughs> like, I had you ever heard of him? Before? I know. I know. I, I've seen him because of like his tattoos, you know, but I didn't right. know who he was. Like, like, I wouldn't know his name. If I saw him in a lineup, I'd be like, I think I've seen him before. So when I, I was down in Atlanta for the Super Bowl and I was working this curve for an event at the College Football Hall of Fame and he had a, he had a concert <coughs> that night and he was he had a he had like a big promotional van. He wasn't in it, obviously, his like whatever his people who worked for him were in it and they were driving up and down um, Marietta Street. Uh, which was like one of the main drags, and they and it was there was so much traffic. So I spent a lot of time with this Twenty One Savage promotional truck, and I, you know, like I, you know, mainly telling them to get out of my load zone. But like, yeah, you know, I was like, who is this guy? And like, you know, the Super Bowl is like a honeypot for rappers. Like every time I go to the Super, Bowl, like when I was in Houston, I got a you know, somebody gave me a CD, um, their rap CD called Obamacare. Great. <laughs> the the music is unlistenable, but the name is fantastic. Um, so, you know, I, 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 this is the first, and like, I remembered him obviously cause like literally his ad was like in my face for like two hours. And then when I found out that he got arrested two days later, I'm like, oh my God, that was, the, that was the guy who had the truck driving around and left, but I'd never heard of him. And now he's like everywhere. He's everywhere. Nobody yeah. can stop talking about him. So I think that's, I think eventually when it, it gets worked out, I think <laughs> that's going to be his favorite. Yeah, and he was English. So what, he's going to get deported to England. That's a great place to promote music. I mean, it is. It's also. I mean, all the other thing is, it's kind it's of not like he's going back to Jamaica. Like I remember, uh, Slick Rick had uh -huh. a problem where he was like deported back to Jamaica or something. Really? Yeah, Slick Rick. He was from the Bronx, right? Mm -hmm. And he, I, I think it was Jamaica, not England, or maybe. But he had an immigration problem. And but you know, if you get deported back to Jamaica, it's a lot different than England. Right, right. It's right. still like equal yeah. or even better. And uh, just some quick facts. His real name is Shah Yabin Abraham Joseph, UK citizen, and he overstayed his visa that expired in 2006. Um, his lawyers claim that he tried. He applied for a U.S. permanent visa in 2013, but his application fell by the wayside, whatever that may be. And uh, I think Jay-Z in this week said that he's working to get him a lawyer. So that's going to be interesting. What right. did he do? He, he just overstayed, overstayed his, his visa. visa. Oh, I just I, said I, I that. Thought, oh, I mean, he didn't well, no, he got it. convicted for some, like, marijuana offense. Oh, right, or right. Some a low-level, nonviolent offense. Well, basically, like, there are a couple things that disqualify him from DACA. I mean, and I kind of, like... I kind of feel bad for the guy. Like, you know, he was a kid. He didn't, you know, like this wasn't like he didn't plan. You know, you're yeah, right. Yeah. Like he like, and like his parents, you know, move where his mom moves to Atlanta. He's, you know, obviously not like, he's not like, you know, like right. living the up and up. Like he has no idea what, what's you know, going what, on. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like, it's kind of like, like, you remember when like, uh, the crocodile, Dundee? No, the crocodile hunter. Oh, oh, oh. The, Steve Irwin. Yeah, Steve yeah. Irwin. Remember when he died, right? Yes. And it's like, okay, well, what did he do? He, like, fucked with animals on TV. How did yeah. he die? He fucked with an yeah. animal. He yeah. killed yeah. a Yeah, stingray yeah. yeah. speared him through the yeah. heart, yeah. And, you know, was like, right, this is a nice little right? <laughs> you know? Who's 21 Savage? He's a rapper who raps about, like, doing lots of crime and, like, yeah. you know, killing snitches and <laughs> getting, you know, getting trait traced by the feds what happened to him he got caught by the feds <laughs> okay i'm not surprised like and when you 
my issue, like I, I do feel bad for the guy. He like, there is like, I don't feel that bad because you know, he has money. He can get a lawyer. Like, you know, he can, he, like there, it's a gray area, like whether he's going to be able to stay or not, he may be able to stay. Right. You know, I think he has, a, he has somewhat of a chance to, to fight this. Um, but what I don't like is, you know, people like this whole, like sort of outpouring of sympathy for him, mm -hmm. like saying like, and one of the arguments they make is that he's a, he's a role model <laughs> and it's really? like, yeah. And like, they're like, well, he does stuff for his community and like, you know, I'm like, well, Al Capone did stuff for his community. <laughs> we were know? just talking yeah. about that actually. And like. And like one of the examples, and like, you know, it's like this sort of like, you know, the liberal media. And I hate to say that because I'm part of the liberal media, but it's right. like when NPR is picking up, you know, like they don't give a shit about him until yesterday. Right. And now they're mm -hmm. like, and that was a scripting work from 21 yeah. Savage that, that shows the, you know, the, and I think one, there was an article in the New York Times that called his work a work, work of cold brutalism, you know? Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like, Really? really like he's talking about like putting xanax in girls' drinks you know like <laughs> yeah. ah, come on so uh so anyway one of the one of the, ev well, the evidence that they used that he was a role model is that he accompanied his girlfriend to uh this thing called a, sl a slut walk which is like an anti-slut shaming yes event. yes any did you read about this no i know what the okay. slut walk What's is but so well, it's an anti-slut shaming yeah event. yes What's anti-slut shaming all right. Steve, anyway, just, yeah, you'll, so, stay in your corner. And and he held up a sign and said, "I'm a hoe too." Yeah, and that was sort sort of this progressive thing. Oh right, right. So my question is, did he understand the irony of the title of the event? Right, like if his girlfriend's like, "Hey, do you want to come with this to this event called the Slut Walk?" And I want you to hold a sign that says, "I'm a hoe too." He's probably like, "Yeah, that sounds great." <laughs> But yeah, I'll go. There's gonna be a lot of sluts there. Okay, <laughs> sure, I'll go. Like if Steve, if someone told you, "Hey, do you want to go to the slut walk?" You'd probably be like, "Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a good." There's be a gonna fun be time. half clad women there, though. That's not the point to it. As a woman, it's supposed right. to be empowering. Right. So what is it as a woman? Kelly? Well, his so his girlfriend at the time is Amber Rose, who rose to fame, the ex stripper who rose to fame through Kanye West. Oh right. right. And she started it because she tends to put up her body which is very voluptuous or whatever. She has a very big breast and a butt. She puts out very naked pictures on her social media. So she got tired of people like trolling in her comments on social media. Like you're a slut. You shouldn't show your body. You shouldn't do this. So she was like, okay, fine. I'm going to take over the word. And instead of being, being a derogatory word, I'm going to make it into a power term. And so she does it every year. She started a couple of years ago and basically allows women to be like, I can dress however I want. You can't shame me just because you don't agree with the way I dress either. It, it's like everybody gets an opportunity to dress however they want. You want to dress conservatively, you can. If I want to dress half naked, I can. And I don't, I, I'm not a slut because of it. And that's the whole point behind it. Right. So it's kind of empowering women to take over their bodies. And, you know, uh, the United States always has this idea that women always have to be sexualized. Anytime well, if they're half, the United not States. the United States, but women are always a sexual symbol. If they're half naked, they're sexual. You know, they can't, you can't ever look at a half naked woman and think, oh, that's not, she's not being sexy. So that's the other underlying thing behind it is I can wear whatever I want and I don't have to be sexualized. You know, I can wear just a bra and underwear or be half naked and you shouldn't look at me and think, oh, she wants to be sexual. She wants to come off sexual. How do you feel about that as a woman? I think it's true. I think it's totally true. I mean, it's the the idea behind it is really great, even though it 
kind of can look a little convoluted when you look at the pictures, but the idea is true. It's like, whenever you look at a, at, it's funny to me because whenever you look at a woman who's just wearing red lipstick and has her hair done, you immediately think, oh, she's really pretty. She's trying to look sexy, but all she has on is red lipstick. And it's kind of that idea of like, why can't women do whatever they want? It's, it's like kind of like if a guy takes off his shirt, nobody's like, oh, he's looking sexual. Like he has his, like his breasts are out or his nipples are out. Nobody's like, oh my gosh, she's so sexy right now, you know? But a girl takes off her shirt and it's over. It's like, you're showing your body, you're being sexual. You know, it's like that same idea. I don't get it. It's, we all, it's, you could take off, a woman should be able to take off her shirt or wear something with a little, not wear a lot of clothes and somebody should be able to talk to her openly and not feel like she's being se a sexual predator or anything like that. Steve disagrees. Well, <laughs> no, I, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a huge issue. <laughs> Steve is unsure. <laughs> I think what, what, what is definitely clear is if Steve put on red lipstick and took off his shirt, nobody would think it was sexual. I'm refusing comment so on this one. I just, I, I took the opportunity to research some 21 Savage lyrics. Oh, okay. tell and us. So, um, I found that I don't think he's a role model for for the youth. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, surprise, there's a, surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, and I'm going to read a couple of lyrics. Okay. I'm going to talk about them. Okay. The first one is crack inside my grandma's sofa. Sunday family coming over. Move the crack behind the toaster. Okay. Makes sense. Comfort. No, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, what if there's But it's about crack. Here? Why would you put your crack behind a toaster? That doesn't make any sense. Well, because if they're sitting on the sofa. Yeah, but your family's coming over. They're going to make kind of a sandwich or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like it's better in the sofa. Uh, that's a, I also think that it won't get damaged in the sofa, too. And how many people actually stick their arms down your sofa when they come over? What about putting it behind the fridge? That's a, See, this is why he's not a good role model. Like, this yeah, is a right. terrible advice to a right. young drug dealer, right? <laughs> like, yeah, good point, Tom. Like, if I were his boss, I'd be like, hey, where are the drugs? He's like, behind the toaster. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Come on. <laughs> Put it behind the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> behind the toaster. What? Where's behind the toaster? Like, yeah. It's a very small appliance. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody might heat up the toaster. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It'd be over. <laughs> With you think it was like, you know. It's not. No, it's it's terrible. Um, next lyric. Five shooters in the back of the Uber, and they're ready to shoot. <laughs> he writes his own lyrics. He writes his own lyrics, right? Five shooters in the back of the Uber, and they're ready to shoot. Right. So, again, like, if you're going to do a drive-by... You don't get or, an Uber. No, right. you don't get an Uber. Right, because you have to get it on the it's app. And exactly, there's <laughs> GPS. That's a terrible advice. That's terrible advice. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, use your own car. Rent no a car. Got exactly. <laughs> No, and he, like his whole, all, he, he he actually admits to many crimes. Surprisingly, he admits to many crimes. Really? Yes. Like he has a song about, it's, it's you know, it's it's kind of a touching song. It's about how his mom was always there for him and how he kept on fucking up and, you know, doing, doing stupid things, dropping out of school, whatever. And one of the lines was, I'm the one and went and stole the neighbor's car. And I'm like, if I were his neighbor, I'm like, I knew it was him. <laughs> I, I said it was him. I said it. Of course it was 21 Savages. Like, my viewing. I would get everybody at home and sit them down and be like, listen to this <laughs> lyric. Are you listening? Did you hear what he said? He's oh, <laughs> I had to walk to work that day. Well, not for nothing, even the name 21 Savage. It's like, okay. It's, you know. All right. One more. And uh, this is the last one. 
I know I know he's gonna be a rat one day. Right now we call him a mouse. Okay, I like uh, the metaphor. Well, That's the most he's worked on. Well, it. I, I I just think that he thinks that a mouse is a baby rat. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> that's true. There's like, no, he's not, he's not, a mouse isn't going to be a rat one day. Like, he has a very poor knowledge of the, of the order of ronids, yeah, of the animal kingdom. And I, I don't, see, I wouldn't feel comfortable with him. What's a baby rat called? Like a puppy or something? Or a... I think it's still a rat, a baby rat. I don't know. No, I mean, like a deer is a doe and a dog is a puppy. What's a baby rat? Mm, I don't know, but I, I just bought a book called, uh, what is it called? It's a book about what group of animals are called like a pride of lions right right um and it's an illustrated book by i think it, it's actually by james lipton the guy who hosted um oh inside the actor's studio exactly yes yeah. before he got the sexual allegations against did him. he get sexual I, or somebody claimed something against him right. but it, i don't know if he still does the inside the actor's studio right. but very good show he has a nice voice well anyway wrapping up on 21 savage like i can see you know feeling bad for the guy but don't call him a role like He's not a role model. Right, like right. the guys are the guy, you know, peddles this shit and that's fine. And like, you have your own right to say whatever you want, rap, whatever you want. But like, that's kind of insulting to actual <laughs> role models. Yes. Uh, no. Like, like people who actually like, do. He's good not stuff. a martyr. He's just a guy who didn't have his shit straight and like, Got caught. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. Everybody who's like tweeting him in solidarity is like, oh my gosh, this is so terrible. It's a, like he got caught by ICE. He has millions of dollars. Even if he goes to England, he could still be a rap artist. It's not like he hasn't performed in England. He's an international rap artist. Like he can still do that over there. Anyway. Uh, yeah, focus on the children at the border. Right? <laughs> Don't, <laughs> let's leave, let him like get his high powered lawyer to like work out his U visa or whatever. Like, yeah. right, right. he'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's going to be fine. And he's also going to be the most, he's now the most famous rapper in the world. Oh yeah. This is going to be the year of 21 Savage. Watch. He's going to be on like Time Magazine and all this stuff. All right. Moving on quickly. We're going to talk real quick. Virginia Democrats are having an interesting week. One has sexual allegations. Two got caught with blackface. What's going on? I, I you know, I'm a minority woman. Anybody who... I've said this time and time again, people, I'm sorry to say, white America thinks that racism doesn't exist, but the fact that they don't see it is the problematic part for me. But Steve has some thoughts, go. Well, first of all, I, I just read today some Republicans. At first, like Democrats had a problem because it was the governor and then the lieutenant governor and, and then the attorney general. And they're all Democrats. And the Democrats have a conundrum because the next in line is a Republican to be the governor of the state. And yeah, because the, the way their laws are, it's like the speaker of the assembly or somebody from the Senate. You mean after these three? Yeah. yeah after so, oh, okay. so they were like, well, you know, it's a real conundrum because they don't want these guys to resign, but what they did is horrible. And then I read today, there's a couple of Republicans in Virginia <laughs> that, that did the blackface thing. Well, that's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, I think, and I, I Googled it today, I really think blackface, you know, I think, I mean, there's some obvious, like, Wait, hold on, can you, you can, you can still edit, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I don't, <laughs> I, I even want to write an editorial about it because I, I Googled it and I, I can't feel the pain. I certainly can understand the pain. 
I mean, and it certainly as a Jew, people go, well, how would you feel like if I dressed up in striped shoots, suits and pajama outfits of a Holocaust thing, you know? But like that's, Hitler but the, okay, wait, 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 first off, saying? first off. Just get, make mm -hmm. one statement and then we'll respond <laughs> yeah. viciously. Yeah. <laughs> that I don't, all right, here's, here's what I think, that African Americans came here as slaves, but they are part and parcel of American history. They, mm -hmm. they built, they literally physically built the White House. They, they had their hands in the ground. They're very, and one of their major contributions besides building up the ground mm -hmm. is the culture and entertainment. This is a very long grave you're digging. Well, no, I know it's yep. a long right. grave, but I've, I've always felt like even American language, even like a lot of our, our language things come from African-American okay. culture. I think that in some ways, it is from a white point of view, not a black point of view, because I know Jim Crow, the actual term came from the minstrel shows. Uh -huh. You know, so I, I get it, but I think that there's a mixed feeling here. I think that some whites, you know, Al Jolson, right? Mm -hmm. Actually did this to, and, and he was, he, you know, he fought against racism his whole life. He did it almost as imitations, the greatest form of flattery. You know, Stephen Foster was one of America's greatest songwriters. Mm -hmm. And he wrote My Own Kentucky Home and mm -hmm. Jimmy Cat Corn and just, you know, Oh, Susanna, mm -hmm. you know, he, which was about runaway slaves. Mm -hmm. When you read all the lyrics, I just think that when you, when it comes to entertainment, there's a quotient of blackface mm -hmm. that is part of the history of American entertainment. Okay, I'm going to go real fast because, oh, come my gosh, you took forever. First off, you personally didn't go through the Holocaust. So you can't be offended if somebody, you can be like, oh, well, my family did. But every day a black person steps out of their house, they get discriminated against. That's your first problem. You don't know what that is. You can be like, yeah, my family was in the Holocaust. I'm a Jewish ancestor of people who were in the Holocaust. But you're not a person that goes out every day and gets discriminated against. Well, so that's, that's not, not exactly. I mean, <coughs> that's not, just, I mean, they just throw another swastika was written on a high school. Yeah, yes, yeah. Right. So I, I wouldn't agree. I don't. I don't but I don't, I, that Jewish people are always like, oh, but the Holocaust, the, all of you weren't in the Holocaust versus black people yeah, every day get discriminated against. There's right. discrimination across the board. Okay. Okay. Second thing is you would, you, it's so funny to me because we talked about this last week. You're like, no, we was celebrating black culture. Don't, you were just, you guys stole our culture. You didn't celebrate it. You stole it for yourselves and create it as part of American history should not even be part of American history. It's African history. Those, all those things they did were part of their culture. It's not American history. Yes. They built America because you forced them to, but it's not like you can be like, now I'm going to steal it. Like you do everything else and be like, it's ours. And we have a right to do whatever we want with it. That's a, that's unfair to do, but well, what, well, what well, you can well, have your look, own opinion. Look, I mean, you know, the, the sort of the act of imitating someone outside of your particular ethnic origin is universal. Like every. Oh, yeah. So it's not about like, you know, Shakespeare ha had a fellow. Right. So the guy playing a fellow was dressed, I don't know, assume in the 16th yeah. century as what they thought, what, um, you know, an yeah. African person. Well, would, and it would was be, a more right? technical. Oh, well, it's technically so, a, a black Spanish person, a more. A more, right. So, so. 
you can't just look at say the the act of imitating someone outside of your race is not inherently evil or have and, and there are right, elements right. to it that are sub are you know curiosity uh, adulation or desire to you know inhabit that that person right and so it is it's a mixture it's not you know it's very complicated but when you add that into the history of the United States in terms of how stereotypes were used to create arguments that black people were inferior to whites and that uh, the blackface was not just uh, imitating a black, but but exaggerating all the stereotypes and highlighting that as some sort of entertainment value um, that would make generally white audiences uh, entertained or laugh or, you know, like then that becomes uh, an issue of power and control, right? You're, 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 dist- you're basically saying, this is what black people are. This is what, this is how they behave. This is what they look like. And we have the right to, to create control, and yeah. control their image. And, and black people are extremely offended by that well, because I- do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not about, oh yeah. Like, I mean, it, we have, a history of using this particular form to to basically discriminate, you right. know, and so y- you can't separate that context, you know. You can't, and so you know, it's not the same as like I don't know, like uh, Germans dressing up as Native Americans, and I'm sure Native Americans would probably not necessarily enjoy that, but like you know, Germans love the Wild West, and they have these weird like parties where they they, they get teepees and like you know but it doesn't have the same right. historical baggage right. and of, it's of the, oppression and it's like, the worst like, part of like not only is it stereotypes but the stereotypes that they gave to black people were not true it was like they weren't smart they didn't know how to speak they had big lips it was the worst part of what they decided black people should always look well, like and the what they are. one photo of the black face with like Ku Klux Klan, I've seen some with like ropes around. I mean, that obviously I think is horrible. It's just, and should be totally cast again. Right, but if, but all black, if all black leaders and presumably, you know, I've never really met someone who's, you know, not, or who said, oh, black face is fine. Like if everyone in that community is saying, we find this offensive and please don't do it because it, it brings up this horrible past. Right. What, what's the, well, why would you not say, yeah, you're right. I, I understand. Like if you feel that way, like even if you think I'm imitating, you know, like if I'm going to be like Curtis blow for Halloween, like why wouldn't you say, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Like this, this, if, if that's what that does for you, then, 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 right. then we, it's, I understand that, but the other side is like on college discourse, you have the these like liberals, and I think it's and with social media now, where people like even what I just said, people would, would I think the other side is there people need to a white person has to be able to go, you know, I understand your feelings. I personally consider it like like flattery, you know. What? I'm, I'm just saying. You can flatter someone for, like, in so many different ways, or, or aside from painting your face black. Yes. Well, let's let's bring another side to this. My son's a comedian. He's a mixed-race comedian. There are some black comedians he doesn't like because, in his opinion, they are, quote, cooning. Cooning meaning that there are actual black comedians that play because yes. they're still 
aside, it's like Jewish comedians like Jerry Lewis, who's like a clown, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. There's some black comedians that play off the fact, you know, what they call cooning. What I don't know, what is cooning? It means you you play to the idea of what white people think black people are like. Right. And you emphasize that, you exaggerate that. Yeah. So should that be outlawed? Should black say no cooning? I don't care if you're black. There's no cooning allowed. I mean, I, I think that's as your son says, he, he doesn't like it. Personally. He doesn't like it. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who, who feel the same way. Yeah. But then the other thing is because. And, but you can't hold a comedian and a politician to the same light. Right. Like, right. so, you know, any, if any comedian were on trial for his, what was it? was a, was a, was a, was a, uh, uh, governor. And did, said and did the things that the comedian would do, like people would be <laughs> probably outraged. Well, the other so, thing about minute, though, the other a lot thing of the blackface were entertainers. What? what a lot of the what? a lot of the blackface people came out in minstrel shows. They were entertainers. Could you hold that, them? And it was in context of you know Al Jolson was like he made a whole career of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna get vaudeville. I'm gonna get to that. But the other thing is the the reason that lawmakers are held to a much higher standard is because they're making decisions for a whole group of people. So if that if that's something that they believe, couldn't they then make decisions based on that? That's what scares people. That's why they hold them to such a high standard. I agree. You know what I'm saying? It's like if I elected you and you're gonna go there and decide for all these people, but on a found on a basic level of values, you think that this what you're doing blackface is okay i'm worried because that means what else could you think is okay right what other decisions could what you other make poor judgment exactly could you have and uh, that's that's scary it. but i do think that it's uh the blackface that it's a comp it's a i will never agree with well, that how is that a well, there's, compliment? there's a difference between and you know like the, there are instances of like you know young white girls like being like oh i want to be a rapper and then like they they in their house they go yeah, and that they, would happen and, in bay ridge right, recently but, at poly prep right, right so well anyway like so there's a difference between that right, right. like okay i'm I, I have no idea what the context of this is i'm 12 years old like i want to look like you know cardi b and i'm gonna like you know right, right. get my mom's makeup and take a picture on social media it's not great but I don't think anyone's going to be like, okay, well, that 12-year-old, that they're basically the opinion is that 12-year-old needs to learn about history. Right. So there, there's that. And then there's the governor of Virginia. Right. Who, like, who was a doctor, regardless of, a yeah, yes. regardless of whether he was not in that picture, chose <laughs> to put in his yearbook a picture of a, of a white guy in blackface and sitting, standing next to a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Right. I agree. As his, and so, the thing about, sorry to cut you off, Tom, the thing about high school pictures, everybody knows that are they're chosen like ahead of time. Like they're like, Oh, this is the picture I want to be in. I like, this is the picture I want to be depicted in for years to come. You know, that's not going anywhere. That's in print. So for you to choose that as your picture, it's like, you didn't have anything else to choose from. No, I agree. I mean, I, I think that the governor should be thrown out of office for that photo. I think he should resign. They're not thrown out. I think he should resign. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but again, it goes back to what Tom said. Okay, a 12-year-old might not know, but why aren't people teaching kids about what it is, what what black people have done for America versus white people? Why isn't this being taught? Because the number one thing is you don't think something is bad unless you're taught about it. 
And so if we're not teaching people about it, how do we not, how do they get better at it? I understand that it's wrong to be like, you're a bad person, all this, but it also is an opportunity to open a conversation and be like, do your kids know that this is bad? Are you teaching them? Why aren't we teaching kids about this? There's a way to go about it to then just, instead of just labeling people as racist and discriminatory, which is fine. Everybody's entitled to do whatever. I think it should also be an avenue to be like, do kids know that this is bad? Do they know what blackface is? Do they know what it's like to have white privilege? Do they know what it's like to be black in America? Do they know what it's like to be white in America? Do they know that all these different things that are kind of there, but blackface is like the worst part of history for black people. It's a part of history that they, is not exciting for any black people. And if somebody gets offended by something, wouldn't you be like, okay, that's it. I'm not going to do it. It's also not part of your culture. Why are you doing it? It's not like something that you should be doing. As somebody who's Colombian, I get annoyed, annoyed. I get frustrated with shows like a cartel or whatever that's on Netflix or Pablo Escobar movies. It's like, why do you keep on highlighting something bad it's about like our Italian, history? Right. Like, mafia. yeah, yeah like let it go, let it go. Okay, we know it's something bad, but do we always want to be remembered for some crazy co- cocaine yeah, cartel? On the other hand, The Godfather was a great. It's considered one of the greatest movies ever made. Well, great. You, you can't. It's not like you're going to completely discount that history. And I mean, it's it's a fascinating history, and people are always titillated by crime and mm. you know right. and stuff like that. But. Um, it's th- those are not the same they're not in the same context you know like right. the, there's no i mean i i, I yeah, as a half italian person who has very little you know italian pride <laughs> like but even even as that like i remember when the sopranos came out i'm just like oh my god another fucking thing about the mafia yeah. it's like 98 99 i'm yeah. just like it's so boring yeah like there have been so many good movies about the mafia what can this and i still have never watched the sopranos because i like you're like, what is it adding to the discourse? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just boring. You know, it's just like, oh, okay, there's a bunch of wise guys. Okay, you know exactly what they're going right. to do. Right. You know exactly what they're going to say. Right, right. Also, yeah. the fact that Little Steve, like, Little Steven is the worst actor ever. <laughs> He's also He's horrible. What I've never a- seen The Sopranos. But to add insult to injury, they're, they're doing a prequel to The Sopranos. Oh, God. With Gandolfini's son as... A really? young Gandolfini's a character. I don't know who he was in The Sopranos. Yeah, and they also stole the main bit from Analyze This, which is so. Like, what's they, the main Analyze bit? Analyze This was a funny. Wait, what's movie? the main was, bit? But the mafioso like going to a shrink. You know? uh, it's like, oh, right, they right. They just yeah, yeah. lifted that from that movie, which is yeah, that was a very funny. Movie. Hey, hey, form of flattery. Hey, yeah. <laughs> steal it, and it's a form of flattery. Anyway. Well, well yeah, anyway. it's, it's crazy. I can't believe that the second guy came out and was like, I use blackface too. I'm sorry. That was the other thing. The weird part was more that the other guy was like, I think he was like, I might as well jump on the bandwagon now while he's in the heat of it. Right. It makes me so look he's like, better. He's like, yeah. he's like, cause I don't want to do it by myself. At least we're going to yeah. be in it together. It's kind of like whenever your parents find out that you did something bad and you're like, yeah. I did it too. And then they're right. like, like, Oh, yeah, well you, you like Curtis. Yeah, exactly. Blum. Okay. Well, it's exactly. Not as bad as exactly. That. So it's kind of like, it, I won't get it hit by it so hard, you know? So it's yeah. just like, but I think like, that's why. What is wrong with these people? Like seriously, like these are like but educated you know, this is like the eighties. It's not like the nineteen twenties. Exactly. Like, it's like, yeah. You know what's going and, on in Virginia? And it's they're adults. Was Virginia a slave state? In the yeah, of course. Of Robert E. Lee, Richmond was the capital, capital of the Confederacy. No, it was in Virginia had Virginia had like the tobacco right. field. Robert E. Lee was the general. Jefferson right. Davis was was the president in the capital of Richmond. Oh, Virginia Richmond was the capital. Yeah. Oh. So well, yeah, and does. didn't they split off? West Virginia became. A, it was split off from them because they were for 
One was for yeah. the Confederacy and one was for the right. Union. Oh, they, and they, that's they why that's why they split off. I didn't know. The people in the mountains were like, no, we don't agree with this. So we're going to split off and make West Virginia. And right. the people stayed in Virginia that were with the Confederacy. So that's that's the origins there. I mean, some of the biggest tobacco fields are from Virginia. Yeah, that is true. Now that, I, now I that you I think, think about, about it, you're like, oh, yeah. Well, anyway. All right. Anything else to add to this? Well, I think week? the only th- mm, well, Oh no! What do you got there in your notes, Tom? This is, this is the uh, <laughs> any more Yelp 21, reviews? Twenty one Savage lyrics. Yeah. So He's funny. Funny. I have, to, I have to give him that. I mean, there's some really offensive stuff in here, but uh, I used to sell dope. Now I can't vote. Well, you never could vote. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us on our episode four. You can catch us on Facebook at Uncorrect New York, Twitter, Uncorrect NY, and then... Correct NY. I don't know why you guys... No, Oh, no, no, no. That's the name of... No, 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 no. I'll show you in a sec. Anyways, catch us next week. Wait, what is it at on Twitter? On Twitter. Look, now I have to do it on here. So, well, we want to get our plug in here. Steve's like, what's Twitter? (laughs) Hey, somebody tweeted my tweet. (laughs) I tell you a little, um, doing these podcasts is always a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And are we still on? Yeah, well, because I got to. So, oh, you're right. What is it? It's correct and why. I don't know why it says that, but it says uncorrect New York. Well, considering we have like four followers, maybe we can switch the handle. (laughs) I think we can. Right now, you know, yeah. read Kings County Politics, Queens County Politics, and New York County Politics.com. And uh, anybody interested in advertising, we are great product pushers. <laughs> the best, some of the best. We believe in them all wholeheartedly. All right. Cut. Yeah. <laughs>